Hi, everybody. Welcome to Brokerage Insider, the podcast where we interview the leaders in real estate and technology. I'm your host, Eric Stegman. I'm the CEO of Tribus. We're a brokerage platform vendor. And today on the show, I have a friend uh, and client, Brandon Doyle. Now, Brandon is a realtor and a real estate team leader with Remax Results in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, And in addition to selling real estate and being a second generation realtor, Brandon's also the author of three excellent books um, that cover specifically real estate sales, but some of them talk about general ideas for other businesses as well. Those three books are Mindset, Methods, and Metrics, The Real Estate Marketing Playbook, and Success Rate Marketing. Now, I think all of you should probably read these books. And in fact, uh, many people I know I've personally sent copies of these books to. So definitely take a peek at them on Amazon and either download them to your Kindle or get a paperback copy of the book. So on top of all of that, of selling real estate, managing a team, writing three books, Brandon's also the creator of a smart home podcast, a video podcast called Home Tech Decisions. And on this podcast, he reviews just about every piece of smart home tech available. Uh, and, and seriously, if you haven't subscribed to it, you should just, just keep an eye on what he's talking about just with vacuums alone. He goes really into depth. So Brandon, thank you so much for joining us here today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit more, first of all, about just being a realtor. What got you into the business? Obviously, I already mentioned you're a second generation realtor and uh, you know where things are at with your team today. Yeah, for sure. So I actually went to college. I got a degree in real estate, so I got my bachelor's. And uh, shortly out of college, I was doing commercial real estate appraisal. I was around 2008, uh, so a lot of like pre-foreclosure uh, bank refinance, like their warehouses and uh, smaller office buildings. It was very rewarding. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit and I was working towards my certified general, but then things changed with the place I was working and uh, the compensation structure had changed and I wasn't going to be able to get the hours I needed uh, to get that certification. Uh, so I didn't really want to do residential. So I actually switched over and did hotel management for a while and that's pretty much a dead end career. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, actually joined my father in the business, I think about eight years ago. And from there, we actually grew our team. At one point, we had five agents working with us. And then just last year, we kind of decided, you know, I don't actually enjoy managing quite as much as I thought I did or would. And uh, still enjoy selling. So kind of just went back to working with clients again. Uh, more, It's more of a focus. Uh, stopped really paying for leads. So we actually turned off our Zillow spend and our all of our pay-per-click spend. So now we're all focused on organic leads and we get quite a bit from people just finding us online. So a lot of that is just like writing content about neighborhoods and stuff. And we've been, I've been doing that for years. Uh, so that's working out pretty well. Uh, like you mentioned, I wrote a few books and then um, I've got uh, the Smart Home channel on YouTube with a buddy of mine. And then I also write for Inman News and Realtor Magazine about not only smart home tech, but also Uh, real estate marketing in general. So obviously Brandon comes uh, to this conversation with a pedigree, not only having been a second generation realtor, but obviously with writing books and digging into details and being a featured writer on Inman. So we could talk, Brandon and I could talk about 
20 different topics on, on real estate and specifically, you know, what he just mentioned about content, uh, I think we should have uh, our own separate podcast uh, episode just talking about Brandon and investing time into building content because he's such a master at that. Uh, but today we really want to talk a little bit about smart home tech. Um, smart home tech is becoming a really important aspect uh, of the home buying process. And in fact, According to a study by Cole Banker, 77% of buyers said they want smart thermostats, 75% said they want smart smoke detectors, 66 said they wanted security cameras, and 63% wanted smart door locks. And so Brandon, obviously, you know, you've gotten heavily into this space. Um, so what, what kind of started that process for you? Yeah, so I'd say it was probably four or five years ago my wife and I were living in a townhouse down the road here. And I think it started with like a, a Ecobee thermostat. And then from there, you know, it was the Echo devices and smart switches. And then uh, when we built our house, uh, I had been looking at the different technology uh, for quite a while and kind of documenting my, my journey and uh, writing about that for Realtor Magazine and, and Inman as well. Uh, but just kind of went really deep down the rabbit hole. And then the further I went, the more I found. And I started having companies reach out to me and learning about like different technology I didn't even know existed. And so I've really documented everything that we put in our home. And then in addition to that, I've been testing out an absolute ton of devices. I think I'm up to over a hundred uh, different devices I've tested personally. And then have helped uh, friends install stuff in their houses as well. So I think I know more than I need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely the case. As I mentioned, seriously, he really does get and goes through the process of buying pretty much everything in a particular space. Uh, like I know, what do you have uh, right now that you're reviewing? What is it, eight different smart vacuums? Yeah, so we just wrapped up the smart vacuum review. I, I did have eight of them going at once and drove my wife insane, uh, <laughs> especially when she's working from home right now. So uh, that was a fun test, uh, both of our marriage and uh, the vacuums themselves. <laughs> uh, but uh, right now I've got some stuff I'm working on surrounding, you know, smart home tech for working from home. Uh, so smart office, like right now I've got this sit stand desk, which is pretty, uh, pretty cool. And then I've got some different lighting options going on uh, that actually notify me of what's going on around me at the house. Because uh, right now I've got my headset on, so I can't really hear what's going on upstairs. Uh, but if the garage door were to open or someone were to be at the door, uh, the nano leaf that's in front of me here would change colors and I would be uh, notified of that. So that and the dogs would all start barking too, but <laughs> that's the point. So a uh, nano leaf, man, I haven't even heard of that one. It j what just tells you something's going on that you should know about. Yeah, so the they're actually just light panels that you put on your wall. It's more of like entertainment thing. I think a lot of gamers have them, like uh, Twitch streamers have them behind them. You can do some pretty cool stuff with it, but uh, normally they just set them to have cool lights going and uh, like they can go to music and stuff too. But I use a program called If This Then That. And I just set it up so that like, if my garage door was open, then it would tell, uh, send a signal through IFT and it would come out uh, on the nano leaf and it would turn the lights all red. 
Uh, so we don't want to leave our garage door open. That would be bad. Yep. And then if someone's at the front door, not only would the lights turn blue, but then on our show device, it'll actually just pull up in real time. And I could just glance at it real quickly and be like, oh, it's a door-to-door salesman. I don't need to run upstairs. <laughs> or if it's my package I've been waiting for, I can race the dogs up there and, <laughs> and grab it. And by the way, uh, he just said IFT, uh, which is I-F-T-T-T, which stands for if this, then that. Uh, f- funny story is one of the very first video series, video training series I did for realtors way back in 2010, I believe, uh, was about how realtors should use uh, IFTTT. Uh, and, uh, uh, so you can go into the Wayback machine and, and, and find that very <laughs> old video, uh, of me, uh, talking about it. Uh, and it's probably terribly outdated, but that tool has now become widely used by smart home tech, right? So you can power things and say, you know, if this thing over here happens, then this other thing, make this other thing, like for example, light up your nano leaf, right? Yeah. I mean, there's unlimited possibilities and you can combine things even like across things that aren't smart home related. Like I can just make it log every time someone walks by, I can like count it on a Google doc or something ridiculous like that. Cause anything that plugs into there, uh, you can make these formulas. Now the trouble is, is that it's all cloud-based. So there is going to be like a delay to it. And then, you know, as these companies like get bought out or they go under or they change their way their software works, well, then all these formulas stop working. Uh, so that can be frustrating. So I really would like, you know, put everything into that. I would definitely recommend setting up your home so that everything is controlled locally. Uh, that way you don't have a lag and then you're not, you know, reliant on these companies updating their software and playing nice together. Anyone that had a Google or Nest device knows very well what can happen when a, a company changes their stance about a, a working with other companies. Speaking of that, have you, between the two, do you have a favorite? You know, so in our house, we use all Amazon devices. I think it was just because that's what we started with. Uh, But statistically, Google is actually better at answering questions. And if you have a all Google ecosystem, then there is certainly a benefit to using uh, their products just because you can control everything within one app. Um, So that's pretty nice. But I think Amazon is definitely on the forefront of uh, the technology and advancements and playing well with others. Uh, So they definitely integrate with more other products uh, than Google does. Yeah, I I use Google extensively and actually I've, uh, at my house, we have everything set to Google. Like I have Nest uh, for my thermostat, I have Nest cameras. And so I kind of stayed inside of that ecosystem so it was better, but most of my family all uses the Amazon ecosystem, uh, which is you know pretty open uh, and available. And then obviously, what I think you were alluding to is Nest recently changed their model, where before it was you know works with Nest and everything kind of played nicely with each other, and then they changed their model to switch over to being more involved with Google. And when they did that, uh, it certainly changed, uh, and and some of those connections that they had weren't there. Luckily, I didn't have any of those products that broke. But, you know, certainly a consideration here is when you make these investments, uh, those integrations can change over time. Um, yeah. 
Have you used uh, smart tech or, or your knowledge of smart tech uh, at all, either products specifically or the knowledge of the products in any of your marketing for real estate purposes? Um, yeah, so just having, like putting the content out there on Facebook and other social media channels, I get a lot of people that like reach out to me um, with their smart home questions. And of course that keeps me top of mind and allows me to like, uh, engage them in a meaningful way. Uh, so uh, very good in that aspect. And then of course, uh, the type of clients that like to work with me are, are people that are into this. So uh, oftentimes like uh, that, it's a selling point for me. I can you know, walk them through what I would do if I were them. So I had a client recently purchase a townhouse and uh, like told him all the stuff that, that I would recommend. He actually went with, with Google. Uh, so that's been fun. For a few people, I've helped uh, do the install, but I've tried to stay away from that just because it can be very time intensive. Um, and I'm not a licensed electrician, so when it comes to like switches and things like that, I don't really need the liability. <laughs> uh, but the knowledge that you have that's there, you, so the fact that you put out this content, and I know you have a video podcast that's on YouTube uh, that people can subscribe to, but I, I, you definitely follow it more iteratively uh, on a day-to-day -day basis of what you post on Facebook. And so are you saying that that commentary that you're, you're putting little chunks out on Facebook as you go through the process of testing before the video goes out, are you saying people engage with that and that's how you, you're actually getting some business right now? Correct. Yeah. It's just another way to stay top of mind. You know, a lot of agents out there are just like, Oh, look at me. I sold another one or, you know, I'm out showing houses or hanging sold signs, which is cool. It's, it's important to have evidence of success out there, you know, get that social proof. Um, but for me, this is something that I'm just really passionate about. And I like to share like the testing as it it's ongoing. And so like you mentioned earlier, I've got a ton of people asking about the robot vacuums. And of course the testing is now done. I'm just waiting on it to be edited for the full release to come out on uh, YouTube. Uh, but I've been teasing the content on Facebook and just getting a ton of people reaching out. So uh, that's obviously a good thing. So without giving away the answer, because we don't want to uh, jump you launching that show, because obviously there's a lot of interest in there. Can you talk a little bit about the process that you went through and how you posted some of that iteratively on your Facebook page? Uh, so our approach to any category really is to look at first look at what's available in the marketplace and then say okay what where would i want to use this you know and one big thing about like what i'm doing uh, is that I'm, i don't want to tell people you know here's a product you need to buy i want to tell them here are the products available in this space here's you know some pros here's some cons here are some unique features to each that i like uh here's some areas where they were certainly lacking and here are the scenarios in which I would select each device, you know, because if you have all Google stuff, then I'm going to tell you, you should probably just go with the Nest thermostat and the Nest doorbell because then it's all in the one app, uh, especially if you're already paying for a subscription. So if you already have a Ring doorbell and you're going to add more cameras, why not add Ring cameras? Uh, because then, of course, you know, you're already paying a subscription. So why would you want to pay two subscriptions? Um, but then with like the vacuums and stuff, I think one thing that sets uh, our channel apart is that we're real, doing more real world testing. 
you know, so there's a guy out there that's got a channel called Vacuum Wars, and he goes super in depth into each vacuum, both robot uh, automated vacuums and upright vacuums, and that's kind of his thing. Uh, but he concocts these very odd tests, you know, designed to put the robots through their paces, which is interesting and all, but like that's not how we live. Uh, so what we do is we purchase the products, or in some cases, or send the products uh, from the manufacturers for free. Uh, we test them in our house, like for a month at a time. Then we test something else, or we'll test them simultaneously, uh, and really just observe how they work. Like, because there's a lot of times where they say things do like certain stuff, or there's they boast about integration. Uh, but then in testing, you'll find out that like, sure, the doorbell could show up on my little switch, but there's like a five second delay. And during that time, it would have been faster to just pull my phone out and look at it. So like some features, it's like, it sounds really cool, but not very practical. So, and that's the only way to uncover this stuff is to just use it. And, and, and so Brandon's doing that work and helping buyers, you know, we went through those statistics a few minutes ago. It's very clear that most buyers today want some sort of smart tech in their home. And, and that does not matter whether you're, you know, 25 and buying your first house, or if you're 75, uh, smart home tech just generally makes people's lives better overall. Right. And so Brandon's going through the time and, and checking these things so that you can make better decisions. So when you were looking into uh, the, the vacuums particularly, because that's something you're going to be pushing out on your podcast very shortly, was there any particular big bullet point items that you found? Wow, I can't believe this is great that it does this. Or wow, this feature was so overrated. Yeah, so you get what you pay for with these devices. Um, if you think of your, your typical robot vacuum, it kind of just bounces around all over the place and you know gets itself into trouble. Uh, well, now they've got smart navigation features. And so it kind of just maps the room as it goes and then it figures out what the most optimal route to go is. And you get these nice lines on your carpet that kind of look like you just mowed your grass. Uh, so that is definitely a feature that I, I think is worth it. And then um, some of the things I don't think are worth really uh, worrying about is some of the AI that they've added. It's like, oh, that's cool, but uh, just pick up your room before you start the vacuum, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or worst case, if it hits it, it's fine. But like, I'm not going to chance it on the uh, robot identifying dog poop and not hitting it. I think I'd rather just do a quick once over and say, okay, there's no dog poop. <laughs> it's okay to run the robot, yeah. uh, the, the vacuum now. So. Not that our, our dogs would ever do that, but uh, <laughs> it only takes once, you know. Definitely, yeah. I've, I've, uh, unfortunately, I saw some photos back a few years ago of that somebody posted online that went viral of that, uh, that problem occurring, and it was a massive ordeal uh, of it happening because it happened overnight. Um, so. Uh, that's, uh, you know, all of that content that you're generating. And, and by the way, Brandon's taking photos of the process. It's obviously part of the video process. Um, so he's generating lots of content. I think that leads into the question of how do you think that another team, uh, you know, or uh, maybe even a brokerage or a franchise, how do you think that they could leverage 
uh, smart home tech, knowing that they're probably not going to take the time and effort that you do? Is there something you think brokerages uh, or other teams could be doing better to leverage smart home tech in their marketing efforts? Yeah, certainly. I'm looking at my Google Doc right now, and I've got 87 pages of just notes. Uh, <laughs> so I would say that there's probably not many, if anyone else out there that's you know gone as deep as I have. But you definitely don't need to do that. You can just find good content on the internet and then reshare it or share your personal experiences as well. You know, a lot of the new builders are uh, including smart home tech. And so just touring one of those homes and kind of getting educated on on what the different products are and, and what the benefit might be to uh, your clients and then sharing that on whatever medium, you know, they are the most engaged with. For us, it's our newsletter that goes out monthly. And then also, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Facebook has, has been huge. But do you think it's enough to just share information and, and not have the knowledge? Because it seems like to me, if I was a brokerage leader, knowing the numbers of the study that Cole Banker did and knowing that people genuinely care about this, it seems like to me, I should be investing time uh, into at least, if nothing else, training my agents on smart home tech because it's obviously so prevalent that no matter the age range, people want this. Yeah, I mean, currently 81% of homeowners say uh, they'd be more likely to purchase a home that had connected technology. So it's a pretty big segment. And uh, yeah, it's like just you know, getting educated. You can use free resources. Um, all my stuff gets shared on Realtor Magazine and, and in my news. Uh, so Realtor Magazine articles are coming out about once a month. And then every Friday on in my news, I've got uh, video content and interviews with uh, product manager, like uh, product managers at, at these big companies. So, really good insight there. But doing your own research is obviously good. You can you could even just go to like Best Buy and like the people there are pretty knowledgeable. Just look at the different products and uh, kind of learn what's going on. One thing that I've noticed a lot of agents don't seem to understand is that that uh, doorbell is recording you from the time you got out of your car. Uh, until you went into the house <laughs> and it hears really well. Uh, <laughs> so I've had instances where, you know, agents have talked about the house and their offer at their car, not knowing that like it can still hear you and it is recording. So. Uh, and there's no expectation of privacy when you're outside, right? So. Co correct. Um, yeah. There's nothing that, as far as I understand and I'm no lawyer, uh, but. As far as it varies by state, I'm sure. But I think outside is always fair game. It's just a question of inside, uh, where you may, in some states, have to disclose that somebody walking through the home is being recorded. Yeah, um, and even if they're not being recorded, the homeowner could just be watching you live. You know, that's, used to say they're not doing that, and you know, a bit of a gray area. And I'm sure. Even, I'm yeah, sure even the agent could be, you know, trying to do everything right, but it doesn't mean that the homeowner is gonna you know, go along with that, they still might say, oh, I'm going to record them anyways. Yeah. You know, very hard to police that. I think it would be very hard to convince a seller not to do that. Exactly. Um, you know, it, as a seller, obviously, you want to glean any insight you can into trying to get top dollar for your house. So definitely something to be mindful of that I wouldn't have thought of. But if a brokerage is out there thinking about putting together a training package on smart home technology, 
um, that's certainly something that probably should be covered is making sure your agents know not to discuss uh, those sorts of things within earshot uh, of, uh, of the house, uh, especially if you know that it has smart home technology in it. Um, exactly. And the other big, big point though is, uh, you know, conveying the property. And so most of the smart home tech is going to be considered personal property, like the hubs and, you know, standalone cameras, the voice assistants, et cetera. You know, the things that would be considered fixtures are going to be the switches, the doorbells, the smart thermostats. Uh, but if you've got advanced automations where there's like programming behind the scenes that's making this stuff play nice together, you know, that's the new owner is going to need to set them up on their own. They're going to have to establish their own accounts. You're going to need to factory reset everything. And for someone that might not be as tech savvy, that could be you know, a challenge to them. So uh, being an agent that understands that and being able to help them uh, is a huge value. So, I mean, certainly something to consider uh, is that process of conveyance. Um, I mean, I, I uh, recently was involved in, uh, in renting out a house that had smart home technology built into it. And before the house was rented, uh, you know, going through the process of making sure you disconnect everything uh, mm -hmm. and f figure out how to get it over to the other person is, is not, even for a techie-minded person like me, there's a lot of bullet points that you have to check off uh, to go through that process that you may not consider. Uh, and particularly in homes like, for example, I know Lennar has started selling homes. All of their new homes include the tech package that has even Wi-Fi built into the house. So beyond just the traditional smart home technology that you may consider, um, if you sell any Lennar home made in the past, I believe two years, it likely had Wi-Fi devices that came with the home. And now you have to uh, consider swapping those out or uh, making sure the new person has access to, to control that. Um, same thing with doors and, and, uh, uh, and thermostats. I've heard horror stories where the new owner uh, can't even control their thermostat because the old seller still has the, the complete access to it. Um, so all things to consider. Now, I want to go back to something you said, Brandon, because you know, our listeners of this podcast, for the most part, are brokerage leaders, brokerage staff members, um, team leaders, etc. And so from that perspective, I think you mentioned that your content, uh, most of your content is shared in Inman or Realtor Magazine. So are you saying that somebody, a brokerage leader could go and, and be able to get that content from Realtor Magazine and, and it would be okay for them to start sharing that with their agents on a regular basis? That is correct. And they're actually allowed to uh, share it with the consumers directly. So all of the content that I put out there is actually public, publicly available and can be used however uh, they see fit as long as they you know, link back and cite their sources which is what it is. <laughs> but I have noticed that a lot of people do share the stuff, so. So if you're a, a brokerage leader, and I've paid very close attention to Brandon's content, so I can tell you it's very, very good uh, and very in-depth, particularly for agents that wanna get involved with it uh, and really learn this stuff. Uh, you can go, and Brandon's telling you that you can go use his content, just make sure to link back or cite him as the source for it. But man, if I'm a brokerage leader, uh, knowing those numbers I, started, uh, I cited earlier, 
it would be near the top of my to-do list to put together a smart home packet uh, of some sort of marketing, whether that's email-based marketing, drip-based messages, uh, or a training guide and a brochure packet that shows you as a brokerage really understand this stuff because no one else is doing that right now. So I think it's a great way for brokerages to really stand out knowing that 77% of buyers or more want uh, this smart home tech. So make sure to check out Brandon's content on Realtor Magazine, uh, on Inman, and then of course on his uh, video podcast uh, called uh, Home Tech Decisions. So a few more questions for you here, Brandon. Um, we, uh, in your, uh, in your process of going through the technology and being a realtor at the same time, um, is there a particular piece of technology that you think home buyers outside of the numbers from Cole Banker, do you think there's one thing, is it a thermostat? What is it that home buyers are really looking for in new houses? Yeah. So going in order the number one reason that people actually buy smart home tech is actually to monitor their home uh, via their smart home. It's about three-fifths of the market. It's just that alone. Uh, but as far as energy savings goes, uh, smart thermostat, you're going to save 10 to 20% of your, on your energy bill annually. Uh, so that, that will pay for itself within typically, depending on how you know, hot or cold your market is or like your area is, um, you know, as, as little as like six to eight months. Uh, in other cases, maybe it takes a, a year, but uh, often there's rebates available for that as well. Uh, and then, you know, some people love the voice assistants, other people hate them. That seems to be kind of an entry point though. And if you buy one of those devices, then you say, oh, wow, this uh, works with other things. And so some of the main reasons people uh, use them are for entertainment purposes, security, uh, controlling their lighting, comfort, you know, with the thermostat. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it seems like as a great closing gift, depending on the price range of the house, et cetera, um, you could go all the way from just a, an Echo Dot, which might be 30 or $40 um, that you could give them as a smart closing gift, uh, all the way up to like a Nest thermostat or an EcoBee thermostat, which might be $200. Uh, and, and, you know, get them into the space if it's something that's interesting them as a very nice closing gift. And I know I've even heard of some brokerages that have partnered with companies like Vivint, which is a smart home technology company uh, in, in a basic package. And then Vivint goes in, helps them get that basic package set up. And obviously they can sell that person on other smart home tech uh, but then it's a nice little add-on that you feel like you got a bonus when you when you bought the house, right? Um, so Correct. and they do have like an affiliate program as well, of course. Um, I'm kind of reluctant to recommend anything that requires a subscription and does not work without it. So, uh, but yeah, I would say that you know giving them a Echo or a Google Mini, which is the Google equivalent of the Echo Dot, on up to like what the, the show for maybe a nicer listing. It's a very nice gift. I would be a little hesitant to offer a smart thermostat just because, you know, about one in three adults is having issues setting up their smart thermostat, and that ends to about a 22% return rate on those. And that's actually cited wow. by Forbes as uh, the hardest smart home device to install, 
which what? clearly these people have never tried to install power over ethernet cameras because <laughs> let me tell you that's way worse yeah i i, I mean certainly at my house i was able to install uh, a smart th uh, thermostat on my own but i will tell you it was uh it was a complicated process because i'm no wiring expert and if you haven't opened up your thermostat before um there's all these different wires that do all of the controls and none of them are labeled with what they do. They all just have letters. So it's R and G and, and uh, C and, and yeah, the really... C wire is the important one. If you don't have that, you're going to really struggle. Yep. Um, exactly. Uh, but, but if it's a straightforward system with a, like a forced air furnace, AC, it's pretty straightforward. But when you get into, you know, accessory items like a, air exchange or a humidifier or you know like uh, electric base heat some of those type of systems it gets much more complicated very quickly De <laughs> so definitely I, I know when i was something to watch out for yeah when i installed my nest thermostat um it actually highly suggested that i contact a pro uh because of my setup uh, mm -hmm. um, and, and uh, I was able to get it done, but, but it was not with it without eight hours of work to try to try to get it done on my own and, and constantly going outside to the breaker box and having to turn it off and come back in and test it again. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, is definitely a piece of, uh, of complicated, uh, complicated piece to, to install. Uh, whereas an echo dot, you know, they just plug it in and it starts working. Uh, yeah. Brandon, we're almost out of time uh, for this conversation, but there was one more thing I wanted to ask you about that I know you recently did on your house. And oh boy. some might say that this is not a, you know, not necessarily smart home tech, but I, I lump it in there for sure. And that is, I know you installed solar panels uh, mm -hmm. at your house. So tell me about the thought process of going through that. What made you do it? When you think the payback period is, et cetera. Yeah, so for most people, um, you know, it may not be a good fit just because of the payback period. Uh, so it's about nine years. Uh, in some cases, it can be up to 12 currently, which it was way less than it was 10 years ago. Um, if you asked me that question 10 years ago, the answer would be typically 25-year payback period. So um, the cost of things has come down. The panels are definitely more efficient. Uh, but so one of the major drivers uh, behind that decision was that uh, the federal tax credit will be expiring. Uh, currently it's a 26% rebate. And so huge advantage there. We were able to secure very low interest financing on it. Uh, so our payment is around the same as what we were paying for energy anyways. Um, so we'll be net neutral within our house. And then uh, we can use off peak as well if we were to get an EV in the future, which is actually more effective. Uh, so our state has net metering, most states do. So basically we sell power back to the utility and we kind of use it as a bank. Uh, we don't have like a battery backup or anything like that. Uh, but uh, that federal credit is a huge, huge part of it. A lot of states have uh, incentives and some utility companies uh, will pay you to install so solar because they're mandated to have a certain percentage of clean energy. Unfortunately, ours it was not on that list, so we did not uh, get anything. We actually had to pay a fee to tie into their system, uh, but that actually gets turned on tomorrow, so it's quite the process. Uh, I've 
looking at my timeline here because I've documented every step of the way. And I, let's see here. Looks like I first decided to get solar back in at the end of April. So that's when I contacted them and I signed a contract in the middle of May and then tomorrow is when it gets fully activated. So we, they've been installed since you know, end of July, basically, I think of July 20th is when they went in. Uh, but then from there, there's like this inspection period and then you know, the city has to come up and sign off on it. Then the utility company has to sign off on it. And so, but yeah, tomorrow it'll be turned on. We're really excited about that. But, well, that's uh, that. That that is, and by the way, this uh, just for time sa uh, sake purposes, uh, this podcast is being recorded on the fourth of August. So that if that gives uh, you yes. <laughs> uh, a timeline, because uh, we do record our podcast ahead of time and push them out, but that that'll give everybody kind of an idea of of where it's at. Uh, now, Brennan, uh, last question for you, and I ask all of my guests this one last question, uh, which is. If you could change anything about the real estate industry, what would that one thing be? Oh, wow, it's a very tough question, uh, but I think the answer is pretty simple. I would increase the regulation, uh, like the requirement to, to maintain your license. Uh, every other trade, you know, there's a process of being a trainee and then working your way up. And there's like a certain amount of, of work you need to do every year that you have to document in order to maintain your license. I think it would be quite unusual to go to a doctor that only did, you know, worked with two patients that year. Uh, but yet in real estate, we, we have a lot of uh, what I would describe as marginal or part-time agents. And I think that has a very negative impact on our industry as a whole, um, both for, you know, your fellow agent, because you're dealing with people that don't have as much experience, but then as well, the clients, because in the end they're, you know, they are paying more, uh, for the services, whereas if we had less agents, we would divide it out uh, by less people, and therefore, you know, commissions would certainly go down. Um, you'd be working with someone that's more experienced. The unfortunate thing is that you know people tend to go with people they know, like, and trust, and sometimes that person isn't always the most experienced. Uh, but by the time they figure this out, it's too late. They've already, you know, they're under contract or they've closed, and you know, there's really no recourse. Uh, for these clients that either left money on the table or um, found out about something wrong with the house after the fact that their agent should have known about. So uh, that that is one really big thing uh, that I'd like to see addressed. But unfortunately, with the way our you know state licensing is set up and you know it being state by state, and we have a national organization that benefits very much so from having a large number of people and brokerages that also benefit by collecting agents. Uh, so I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, it would probably take you know, some sort of employment law regulation uh, to force that change into play. But uh, yeah, that's, that's the one big thing I would change. Well, Rob Hahn was on our podcast recently, and uh, uh, his, his uh, statement was not dissimilar from yours. And, and uh, his thing he would change, he stated was, uh, getting rid of the 1099 exemption uh, for real estate uh, because he felt like if you did that instantaneously, a whole lot of people would be forced out of the business and you'd be mm -hmm. left with the cream. So uh, yeah, uh, Brandon and uh, Rob, not the only people to say it uh, either. Uh, something tells me that sentiment will continue. 
Well, Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, as you've probably heard, folks, by listening to this podcast, Brandon keeps track of of all the data and everything that he has going on, which is uh, a perfect reason why he would write a book called Mindset, Method, and Metrics. Uh, so make sure to get a copy of one of his three books, Mindset, Method, and Metrics, The Real Estate Marketing Playbook, and Success Rate Marketing, as well as make sure to follow and subscribe to his video podcast called Home Tech Decisions. Uh, and if you know anybody looking to buy or sell real estate in the Minneapolis, Minnesota area, make sure to look up Brandon Doyle at doylerealestateteam.com. Thanks again, Brandon, for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Take care. You've been listening to Brokerage Insider. Please make sure to subscribe for future episodes. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening.